god, this is the goddamn Pearl Jam. Did you like the the inserts of Pearl Jam? Yes, yeah, I did. Did you even see that I I queued up the lyrics too to say like you didn't know? I did not notice that at all. Oh yeah, because you said uh, Pearl Jam's new album, uh, and then it the lyric is like he doesn't know or something like that. No one understands what Eddie Vedder says. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't notice it until after I did the cut. So I was like, oh wow, that actually worked out pretty nice. Good job. It could Adam. have been. <laughs> it literally could have been any words at all. Any words at all. No one knows what the hell the lyrics to a Pearl Jam song are. It's just got that 90s twang to it, though. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Oh, did you? That's a Ted joke um, from the movie Ted, the horrible Family Guy movie. Are you serious? Because that's a joke from Family Guy, also. That's just lazy. Oh, yeah. Well, Seth MacFarlane wanted to make a buck, and apparently he did. So, yeah, he, I think he's doing all right. Yeah, I think I think he's okay. Uh, but anyway, do you have any follow up? Yes, actually, I do have some follow up. Uh, number two, friend of the pod. <laughs> number two. <laughs> oh, Kyle, the friend of the pod is uh is getting uh, got some competition. Kyle's still number one, but there's some competition from Rodney, number two, friend of the pod, who is uh, from Zimbabwe, lived in the UK, then Chicago then Oakland and now Chicago again. Uh, but he was, uh, he let me know that neither of us are pronouncing Nuffle Bunny correctly. So, I, I, okay, so I know Nuffle, which is K-N-U-F-F-L-E, if I'm not mistaken. If it's Nuffle, if it's spelled that way. Sure, it's, that's, if you're, that's if you're English. If I'm English, okay. So how am I supposed to pronounce Nuffle Bunny? Knuffle bunny, like knigget, <laughs> like in Monty Python. Oh, instead of night, it's a knigget. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Kniget, it's a knuffle. Knuffle. Apparently, the author is Dutch. I'm told. Wait, you know what? I'm taking it back. I'm taking it all back. Screw that guy. I just looked it up. Did you look up? It's knuffle, right? It's knuffle bunny. It's, de- it's definitely. It I mean, there's no. There is no definitive answer to the question of how you pronounce it there is a definitive answer to the question what is the nationality of the author of the book and that answer is american so i'm gonna go with nuffle bunny and say that number two fan of the pod is now like least favorite fan of the pod oh well because two i mean the girl's name is trixie and they're definitely in like new york you know going to the laundromat and stuff like that New York was originally Dutch. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I, I don't know. And I think for a kid to say knuffle bunny as their first words would be kind of awkward. Yeah. I, I think that's just... Uh, but knuffle bunny, I think even as a kid, right, maybe it didn't come out exactly like knuffle bunny, but I feel like that would be easier for the kid to pull off than knuffle bunny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely agreed. I don't know. I'm not an expert in child linguistics, but... Yeah, no, he's American. He was born he was born in Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois and went to New York University and then lived in Brooklyn. He is 100% American, not at all Dutch. It's definitely Nuffle Bunny. Screw Rodney. <laughs> the number formerly known as 2 friend of the pod. 
Yeah, currently just least favorite. No, I mean he's. Yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Least favorite friend of the pod. All right. Well, one item checked off. <laughs> uh, so I have other follow up on uh, swimming in honor of our dad bot episode. There were I did actually go swimming. And there were some interesting discoveries. The first is that the Apple Watch is able to tell you which strokes you are using while you swim, which I thought was cool. Uh, so it'll tell you, like, you did 100 yards of freestyle, 300 yards of backstroke, you know, that's, or meters, or yards? Usually it's meters. <laughs> meters is usually how they go. Yeah, but it asks you how big the pool is in yards. So I think it goes ahead and uses regular American uh, measurements. <laughs> The imperial system. Either way, it tells you how much you swam, which was cool. Uh, but the other big discovery was that asthma and swimming aren't necessarily the greatest companions. Uh, the first night that I went swimming, I did not bring my inhaler with me. And I also didn't know where it was because I don't really need it all that regularly. But I got out of the pool and rushed back to my apartment and then proceeded to walk around the apartment dripping wet searching for my inhaler oh man so did you just go to the the pool at your complex yeah 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 okay okay well you got all that sorted out because swimming is actually like a really good workout right it, it it works a lot of things and yes that's why that is one of the reasons why it's not great for going with asthma because you have already decreased air intake because of water and then you combine that with a pretty intense aerobic i found that uh the backstroke offers an excellent opportunity to work out with much more opportunity for breathing <laughs> much more breathing breathing comes highly recommended by nine out of ten doctors this podcast brought to you by breathing <laughs> this podcast brought to you by oh. nine out of ten uh, doctors agree breathing is for me <laughs> I, I I can say that um, I'm fortunate enough not to have asthma, so it's hard for me to, you know, imagine kind of what that would be like. But I, I know that swimming definitely kicked my butt. Like whenever I would swim, especially, you know, any form of longer distances, right? You swim a couple laps and it feels like you ran two miles. So uh, I can only imagine. And luckily you're here this week to record the podcast. So yeah, I'm not dead. And I went swimming again, like two, I did two more, two more exercises. So you didn't kill me. Oh, a glutton for punishment. Yeah, there you go. But good for you, man. Once I figured out that the backstroke was a little bit uh, less intense in terms of cutting me off from breathing, uh, it was a lot, a lot easier. And also the backstroke is like a lot of the work of floating is done by my fat. So, uh, you know, just be, being naturally buoyant. So uh, that that worked out well. It kept my head above water, and I was able to breathe. And I only swallowed a little bit of water. Oh, yeah. is yeah. with backstroke, it like splashes up into your mouth, like right when you're going to take a breath too. It's like, ugh, ugh. yes, yeah. You, you create sort of a wave that just ends up popping in your mouth, which is just lovely. Um, now, though, on top of that, I did actually do a little bit more of traveling with. Uh, Mira over the weekend because number one friend of the pod Kyle was actually in town visiting no guest appearance for number one friend of the pod though I guess 
Well, he's the only a dog dad. Oh, that's right. The dog dad thing. Not he hasn't graduated to being a real dad. Yeah, just a a dog dad of a neurotic dog. Uh who needs who's afraid of thunderstorms? He's a good dog though. Robbie's a good boy. Um so <laughs> he he is a good boy. Uh I like Robbie a lot. Uh he's the number two fan of the pod. He replaced Rodney. Uh Friend of the pod, excuse me. Friend of the pod. Uh, this episode brought to you by breathing. Wait, what what are you what 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 happened? That was just an exasperated sigh for your prolonged love of of the dog and graduating the dog to number two friend of the pod. Yeah. We needed somebody to replace Rodney. And the exasperated sigh gave us a good opportunity to talk once again about breathing. The thing that is bringing you this podcast today, breathing in and out, in and out, in through the nose, out through the mouth. You know, I was doing yoga last night and you know, a big part of yoga is <laughs> a big part of yoga is, is the breathing. So I, I kind of can relate to, you know, yes, this podcast sponsor you too by breathe in through the nose, out through the nose, Bujai breath. In through the nose, out through the nose. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, change position. Exhale, transition to next pose. Number one, friend of the pod, Kyle, was in town over the weekend with his wife. And uh, so we took them on one of my grand tour, my grand day tour of California tours. I've sort of got some set routes that take an entire day to go and see. And I have, you know, options available. So we went to Muir Woods, uh, the Pelican Inn, which is amazing, great fish and chips, and Muir Beach, followed up by the Marin Headlands. Uh, But this was an interesting thing. We've done this with Mira many times before. We've been going out for the day, but not recently. So she didn't really sleep in the car, refused to fall asleep while being carried in a carrier. Like she was in a carrier the entire time and just steadfastly refused to go to sleep despite being tired. Like her eyes were bobbing. Her head was lolling back and forth and just would not go to sleep. And so I I came across this conundrum of like, well, she's definitely tired. So do does one of us go back to the car and like put her in her car seat and turn on the AC and like sing her to sleep and just sit in the car in the parking lot while the rest of us hike or uh do we just tolerate a absolutely screaming child on the way home because she's so overtired. Now, fortunately, neither of those things really happened. She was pretty fussy and she did not nap at all, but it actually didn't go horribly wrong. Or I maybe just ignored that. Not sure. You'd have to talk to Kyle. Maybe I've suppressed the memory of her screaming in the car. I seem to remember her mostly being entertained by the people in the back, uh, so as not to scream her lungs out. Breathing. 
So, so I guess this is the follow-up topic of what do you do with tired kids in the middle of a day, especially when you're out and about and you're not. When you're say, out, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I don't have an answer for it. Do you? I mean, this is one of those character-building moments where the child realizes that they are not in charge of the world. And I think at a certain age, especially when they're younger, it's much more it's much more difficult to do this, where it's like, hey, you know what? We're going to be out and about. You're not going to have your normal nap time. It's not going to be your normal environment. You're going to have to put up with this, you know, is not something that you can kind of reason with, you know, the younger kids. But I, I think in all honesty, I don't have any advice other than, yeah, it's like you tough it out and you kind of learn to just deal with it. And when they're tired enough, they're going to fall asleep. And yes, they're going to be fussy, but they're going to fall asleep. And then you're going to get them back on track when you get home and they're just going to be tired, you know, the rest of the time. But I think this is just prepping for when you have to be out and about later. And if they kind of learn how to cope with it now, whether that's, you know, screaming and crying uh, or throwing a fit, eventually they, they learn to fall asleep. And then they just know that, hey, when I'm tired, I can go to sleep whenever I want. And I can sleep in all these different, you know, locales and positions and environments. So I, I think just tough it out, man. That's what we did with our kids. And they can fall asleep anywhere and on anything. I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much what we did. And she we just kept her entertained. Yeah, yeah. You basically try to do all that you can to keep them entertained. And then if they're tired enough, they will just their head will bob down and they will be out out like a light. And no matter what you do, they won't really wake up. Uh, The fun part is when they do wake up, when you get home and then they're like, hey, like I had my two hour nap. It's time to, you know, it's time to have fun. And you're like done from the day. Or I had my 15 to 30 minute nap and now I'm totally rejuvenated. Of course, definitely not still tired. Yeah. 15 minute catnaps, the Red Bull for kids. So what you're saying is that these types of experiences are just preparation for you when you have to run errands and go shopping with kids. Because when I, when Margo was like seven months pregnant or so, I did have a horrifying experience uh, when I went to Target. Like it was, it was almost cartoonish how, how bad an experience it was. Like I walked into target and there was a kid just throwing a tantrum, just screaming on the floor, just like rolling around, like full on lost at tantrum. There was another kid that, um, knocked over a bunch of stuff off a shelf while I was, while I was, these are all different kids, but this is all while I'm shopping at target. These the other kid just knocks over a bunch of stuff on the shelves. There's another kid who's sitting in the cart and it's like these carts are designed to prevent you from having children in the future because the kid just was just sitting there kicking her dad right in the balls, like, and giggling a lot. Uh, at it and then the best part was i was walking down and this kid came running around the corner smacked into my leg looked up at me and then just started screaming like crying like they were scared because they were just having fun playing and all of a sudden there's this complete stranger there uh that they had just run into well to be honest if i looked up and saw you and you know just staring down at me like i would you know start crying too I mean, I have the same experience in the mirror. It's not like I'm not aware of this. Uh, but like, and and then 
I mean, I was like, oh, I didn't do any, like, I, I, I'm sort of panicking because <laughs> I didn't touch I, this child. I, I didn't, I didn't, like the parents, <laughs> so okay, so I think it was, I think it was a mom. I can't, this was, you know, this like two years ago or something, but it's still, I just still remember this day at Target about two months before Mira was born and me just happily going about, you know, in and out to the store, doing grocery shopping, just getting it done and just seeing all of these kids, like every possible scenario go down. Is this what it's going to be like? Is this like, what my future uh, is going uh, to be? <laughs> the answer, uh, short answer is yep, totally. Then I need my inhaler. <laughs> I need the inhaler. This, uh, this episode sponsored by your loss of breath at the situation. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got older kids, so you've, you've gone through some of this. Oh yeah. yeah. I've, I've gone through, you know, most of that kind of stuff. And, you know, kids in stores, it's, I, I mentioned, hey, you're just going to have to tough it out. They're going to have to learn to cope. It's the same thing with, like, the shopping. The shopping is, I think it's a good way to build, like, some self-control with your kids uh, and to set their, their expectations correctly. Because you talk about a toy aisle in a store, and if you've ever even, like, if a kid sees a toy aisle, and they're like, oh, man, awesome, let's get all this stuff, right? And mm. this is when you have, like, an important choice as a parent, and I don't want to gloss over the whole shopping experience. I'm just going to hone in on this toy aisle for a second. <laughs> so the the toy aisle is, is kind of like a crucial part in like the parenting thing, because you're setting the expectation for this toy aisle or the toy aisle in every store for the rest of your shopping experience with, with kids. So when I was, when I was younger, the toy aisle meant usually if I went down the toy aisle and I spent enough time in the toy aisle, I would get one toy. Like th- there was, there was just, it was going to happen. Like if I was with a parent and I was in that toy aisle and I was well behaved and everything like that, I would be able to get a toy. Right. So that, that set my expectation. So if that's the expectation you want to set that every time you're going to go into some place and you walk by a toy aisle and you're going to, you know, be there for any longer than 10 seconds means that you're going to get a toy. Sure. That's the life that you can live. Uh, but we very much kind of live life by like, Hey, you can walk by and you can look and you can browse and you can, you know, look at things, but there is no expectation of getting a toy. Anytime we go into a store, look at all this stuff you can't have. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's not, it's not like that, right? It's not like we deprive them and don't have any toys or the only toys we have are like the gender neutral, like string on the, on a block, you know, with a, whatever, (laughs) use your imagination toy. You know, it's not like that. Now I I do actually have a question. Is is this same expectation management uh, qualify when you walk by the tool section? You know, I don't know, like an aisle with Vans tennis shoes. Like, does Alex have to say, "Okay, you can look, you can look," but let's just say that if we're going to Harbor Freight, all bets are off. <laughs> okay, we will go to Harbor Freight, but you can you can look and you can browse, but we're not getting anything. Not going to set that expectation. That, that 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 expectation doesn't happen. Um, no, if if that expectation with my wife and I is is non verbally, I, I don't want to say it's like written law, you know, but uh, it's a non verbal, just consensual agreement that we have that uh, if there's an electronics aisle and I go down mm. there and I see something, you know, that's probably pretty expensive and i'm like hey should we get this just spur of the moment she'll look at me and i'll realize oh okay i'll look i'll look later 
<laughs> yeah, that's I'll do some more right. research before we uh, before we buy something. This maybe goes back to you know me being conditioned as a kid. Like if we walk down that electronics aisle for long enough, that means I get one electronic, right? Like that's just <laughs> how it worked. Daddy wants a new TV. You know what? So yesterday was Prime Day too, and mm. they had the Prime Day deal on TVs. And I had added one to the cart, and I I messaged Alex, and I was like, "New TV?" Question mark. She's like how much and i'm like oh it's only this much she's like that's not as bad as i thought she's like does it all the right specs and everything i'm like mm, probably not <laughs> remove yeah. so she's definitely my voice of reason when it comes to impulse buys of electronics yeah my my uh my guilt complex just sort of plays my voice of reason anytime i'm gonna do any major purchase I get all excited and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is definitely it. I'm like, and I'm, oh, this is so great. And then right after I buy it, it's usually like, oh, well, maybe it doesn't do this or, oh, it could have done that. And what about this? And, oh God, I shouldn't have spent all this money. Wouldn't I, wouldn't I be happier with the dollar? Yeah. Yep. I ate that. I bought an ice cream cone and now it's gone. And so is the money. (laughs) All I have left is the fat. Yeah, I feel like that's a you definitely came out the loser in that uh, in that trade. So, um, what was what was the most memorable meltdown for you with your kids? Um, um, most memorable meltdown. I mean, while out shopping, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's I right. Know, uh, name names and tell the story. Which one and was it, names. and <laughs> and how bad was it? They've all had issues, but there's never been anything that we couldn't like come back from Did i remember you ever have to a leave a store and, well no because that's that's a win Ooh. in their book if you leave that's a win right because then they know like hey see i've always just imagined walking out to the like parking lot standing there for a bit and then going back inside as what leaving the store meant is that not what it meant oh well i assumed you'd leave leave because otherwise, it's like you just remove them from the situation just to discipline them and then take them back into the place that they've they've been misbehaving in. Like, I feel like that's the same with, you know, the the car thing, right? Where it's like you pull the car over. It's like, I'm going to pull this car over. And you pull the car turn over. Turn this thing around. Yeah. And you say your thing and then you get back on the road. It's like. I've been waiting for this vacation for five years, but I swear to God, I'll go home. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, dad. Like the, the empty threat thing has never been. It, it's never worked. Um, no, I, but my kids have never, I, I, Alex will probably, you know, say, oh yeah, they have. Um, but they've never melted down to the point where I'm like, this is, this is bad. This is bad. Um, but the most memorable thing I have is I I definitely have lost a kid in a store before. Oh, I did the same thing to my mom. Let me tell that story after you tell yours. What, what, which kid did you lose and how? (laughs) So we were in Joanne's, which is a large fabric store. Uh, or just kind of like a general crafts and fabric store. We were waiting for some fabric to get cut because Alex was making something. I I forget what she was making at the time, but we definitely need a fabric. And uh, Joanne's doesn't really have a lot to offer in terms of electronics. So for me, it's kind of like, eh, you know, this is a place and I'll watch the kids and we'll have some fun. So uh, I only had Callie and Brooke was still pretty young at the time. So... Uh, Brooke would stay with with mom and then I would take Callie. So Callie and I would basically do like the hide and seek or the running through the uh, running through the halls, you know, kind of giggling, just so having you encouraged fun. the child to get lost. Oh, it's definitely my fault. I'm not going to deny that. It's it is. <laughs> I I dug my own grave in this situation. Uh, I made my bed and I had to sleep in it. So we're, we're going up and down the aisles and, 
you know, it's fun. We'd see each other and then, you know, she'd hide or I'd hide. And then all of a sudden I'm looking and I can no longer see her. I can't hear her. So I started looking up aisles. Nope, nothing. And Joanne's, the Joanne's room was pretty big, you know, and, and it was later in the evening. So there weren't a lot of people there. But, you know, you kind of have that moment of terror. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, where did my child go? So then I I started walking around, you know, kind of frantically looking. And the last thing I want to do is go back to Alex, you know, like, if she's there, (laughs) it's good that she's there. Bad that mom now knows that I lost the kid. Oh, she's at Joanne's. (laughs) I sorry. I thought she was at home. So to me. It sounded like you were saying, the last thing I want to do is leave the store without my daughter, drive home, and tell Alex that I lost oh, her. Man, that would... Uh, <laughs> That's oh, the yeah. actual last thing you want to do. No, so I, I didn't want to admit defeat by walking back to the cutting aisle or the cutting station <laughs> and telling Alex, have you seen our daughter? <laughs> and have her look at me like, <laughs> Oh, she was you? <laughs> oh, I'm, no yeah. reason. No, I'm not... A, yeah, no no reason. Just, She's hiding. It's fine. We're playing. Yeah, she's again. hiding. I know. I knew where she. I, I know where she is. It's fine. So, so I, I'm walking around, and then I start walking to the cash registers, and I see her talking to um, a, an associate of Joanne's. Right? She's got tears in her eyes, so she's clearly been crying, you know, because she couldn't find me. And then I see her, and I start walking there, and then the you know the shop person or the, the employee kind of looks over and points and says that him. She's like, uh huh. And she kind of keeps crying. And I walk over and I say, thank you. And I say, sorry, we were playing hide and seek. And she was just so good that she hid too well. And I couldn't find her <laughs> stupid dad. She's going to be pro. Thank She's going to go pro. Yep. And then we, uh, just walked back, uh, holding hands the whole way. Oh, so I held her hand and did not let go until we went back to mom and said, okay, we're going to hang out here for the rest of the time. What happened? Cause... Nothing. <laughs> oh, nothing. She was just upset about something. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, she she saw some fabric with unicorns on it, and I said she couldn't have any. Yeah. I, I said she couldn't have the toy when we walked down the toy aisle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were in the toy. They have toys at Joanne's Fat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think they're really just trying to expand really it's branch all out aisle, you know that's yeah. true every every place has toys in the checkout aisle uh so that's actually kind of similar to the story with my mom except i was devilish so when i was younger i think we were at nordstrom or macy's you know just like a store with lots of clothes racks right and when you're a kid i don't know if you ever did this but when you if you when you're a kid those clothes racks with you know, blouses and dresses and everything hanging off of them. There's a spot underneath the hanging hanging rack where a kid can just go and hide, and it's like a little fort. Oh, that's the best thing—the circular ones. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. kid has done that. Well, except in the the, the one I, I very specifically remember, it was like uh almost like a cross, like it was a cross almost. So there was like a, a square in the middle that was very dark and like covered up and everything like that. So I went and hid in one of those and my mom couldn't find me. And she started calling my name, asking where I was. She got the people from the store to help. And I was, I was under the clothes rack giggling. And when they finally, when they finally found me, I just looked up at my mom and smiled. Oh man, you would have never gotten toys if we went out ever again. (laughs) In this case, she was the one basically crying, and I was the one who was just ha- just happy to like. I was so happy. I had caused so much turmoil. 
Yep. It's that attention so grab, that's, huh? That's neat. I mean, I, I have yet oh, to yeah. have any experience like that with Mira. The worst thing that I've had with Mira is that uh, at the beginning of Margot's pregnancy, she was having terrible morning sickness, and the doctor said, okay, you need to pick up vitamin B6 or 12 and 12. something yeah. else. <laughs> and so I t- so it's it's after work. It's I had a late day at work. It's I had picked up Mira like basically right at daycare closing. Mira is hungry, but Margot is like laid out. And she just, she's feeling absolutely terrible. It's like, I, we need to get this, we need to get these things like now. Uh, and I've got Mira and I can't really drop Mira off at home to stay with Margot because Margot is basically laid out. Uh, and it, I mean, she's not in, in a good shape to take care of a toddler who's running around tearing the house apart. So I take Mira with me and there was one item that we had to get from one other aisle in the, pharmacy section that wasn't that wasn't bad but then we get to the freaking vitamin aisle and i swear to god they make it as hard as possible to find anything and on top of this at this point mira's like you don't get to hold me anymore i want to i i'm going to go down on the ground and walk around and then we're in this aisle filled with these shakers that make noise when you shake them they're and they're all brightly colored so immediately, Mira just starts grabbing every vitamin bottle off the shelf and like shaking it and like giggling and looking up at me. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And I start putting, like, I just start putting them back. And here I'm trying to find a very specific vitamin and they're all in the exact, they all, they're all in the exact same size bottle with the exact same color scheme with just one number in a subscript. That's different. So this is the entire row of vitamin B's one through 12 or whatever. And they're not in any particular order. <laughs> and I'm trying to find like B6, very specifically vitamin B6. And I'm looking and he's like, no. And here Mira's gone down, down the row and now she's pulling out the like daily vitamins and like shaking those and then just putting them down on the floor. And I'm like, Oh geez. And so I finally pick her up again. And that's the point when she's like, get me. Ah, ah, and she starts like having a bit of a meltdown. So I'm like, okay, great. Luckily that was the point when I found the B- vitamin B6 grabbed it, ran to the self checkout, wrung ourselves out. And that was as close as I've come to a meltdown so far. And she has yet to run away and hide. And at least you have self checkout. Before you used to have to sit in front of somebody and watch them check you out and then stare at you with this child that is screaming because you yep. have to hold them while you know you're checking out. So thank goodness for self checkout. Yeah, I mean with self checkout too, I was able to I was able to ring it out. And the thing with self checkout, it actually at, at Target now they don't require it to go into the bagging area, which is nice. So I was able to ring up the vitamin B and then just hand it to Mira. It was one of the like it looked like all the other ones and it made the same fun shaking noise. So there you go. And that, that calmed her right down. So that leads me into the casual dad pro tip, which is include your kids in some way, shape, or form, whether that's like having them mm, participate yeah. in the shopping list or checking off things or finding things in aisles. Oh, man, that's the best. Like, hey, we need to find B6. Now, granted, Mira is not old enough for this yet, but I, I will have an example for you. Um, but that's the one thing that gets us through shopping is like, hey, kids, we need to find this. So, one of you find this, the other find this, and you kind of sure. make it a game, right? You make it fun. Uh, but with kids, especially like kids that like to grab a lot of things, there's usually the one thing that you give them as like the distraction. Like, here's this bottle oh, yeah. that you can hold as a distraction. 
why don't you keep yourself entertained with this? And I will try to weasel it out of your hands when you're not looking when we need to yep. check out. Because I don't want to buy said item. I don't want yep. to buy the distraction. I just want to rent the distraction, you know, for the time it's going to take me to finish the rest of my my shopping. So when my mom went shopping with Mira once at Target, my, she was looking at the lipstick aisle and Mira was, of course, like, oh, what's this? And and my mom actually wanted to buy this this lipstick. And so she gave the lipstick to Mira to hold and play with. And, you know, it's wrapped up so she can't open it up or anything like that. And uh, she's holding and playing with it. And my mom keeps going shopping. And then she looks and Mira doesn't have it anymore. And she looks on the floor and she can't find it anymore. She's like, oh, must have dropped it a while ago. So she goes back and gets another thing of lipstick, goes and checks out and uh, finds out that Mira had had like stuffed it somewhere. <laughs> And had basically yep. shoplifted this, had shoplifted the lipstick yep. uh, uh, from the shoplifter from the in store. training right there. Yep, we've had that happen too. Real, real smooth hands. <laughs> exactly. Or uh, I think ours has been like they just had it in their hands the whole time, and we thought they put it down. And I mean, I don't think it was even like hidden. It was like probably just in their hands. And we go right. through the whole checkout process, not realizing that we didn't pay for this item. <laughs> and we get in the car. I was like, wait, you still have this? Oh. oh. Well, I guess do do we take it back? And uh, I'll say on the podcast on record, yes, I definitely took it back. I returned it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did not take it without paying for it. Uh, sure. It's on record. <laughs> Yes. The set in stone. This can be used as evidence against me in the court of law. That's fine. I, I returned the item. I paid for it. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to hear. <laughs> whatever you want to hear. As long as I'm not under oath, I definitely paid for it. Uh, <laughs> so, though, I think ultimately, uh, the what I do want to hear about is your recent experience at Ikea, because this is a store that's known for destroying relationships, or perhaps to put it in sort of a glass half full kind of context, it's a store known for affirming relationships, because if you can make it through Ikea, you can make it through anything. (laughs) Yeah, so Ikea is like the destroyer of worlds, right? Uh, And it seems like space and time also are distorted in Ikea, because... (laughs) I don't know what happens in those showrooms or in the cafe or in the warehouse checkout thing, but dude, time just, it goes by way too fast. <laughs> it feels like, whoa, it's already nine o'clock. Like, oh no, what's wrong? So to, to kind of, I guess, start this. It's like casinos, those windowless spaces. Yep. Yep. With, with no ceilings. And I'm like, wasn't well, this great? This place is only, yeah. you know, 400 square feet. I'm like, yeah, with an eight foot ceiling and it looks great with our yeah. no doors and no walls. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah, you put some walls up in a ceiling and immediately I feel claustrophobic. Um, so we recently moved and we needed to get new furniture and we, we settled on going to Ikea because shopping for furniture online is near freaking impossible. Oh yeah. And, trying to measure things and oh geez it was just a nightmare trying to gauge how big things are so hence why furniture showrooms exist and hence why ikea exists because when you have kids i want to get furniture but i don't want to spend a lot of money for furniture because i know Uh, kids are going to ruin furniture yeah so there's no point in me spending a bunch of money so we went to ikea um callie is off at summer camp so we did not have her with us so it was only us and the two kids and um 
I know I mentioned this to you, and I believe it was called uh, Small Land, but have you ever heard of the IKEA Small Land? Is that the daycare? So yeah, that's the check your kid in for, you know, a number of hours and then come back and get them when you're finished shopping, you monster. Yes, that's uh <laughs> Is that is that like the subtext or is that just sort of spelled out on the wall in in Swedish? I assume when you sign like the agreement dropping your kid off is is that's what it says, you know? It's like, "Welcome to Small Land. Thanks for dropping your kids off, you monster. <laughs> come back and get them when you're done shopping. Otherwise, we'll put them to work in the warehouse assembling IKEA furniture." I don't know. <laughs> You need little hands to get those screws in, you know? <laughs> the tiny hands are great for putting those dowels, you know? Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. So we've never used the small land, but it's always one of those things that's like, it's just the, I don't know, just the flavor that Ikea tries to add on, you know, the special secret sauce that they try to sprinkle on to make you, you know, stay there longer. Uh, whatever they can do to keep you in the cafe. and I mean, free babysitting is pretty effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it is. So we, we didn't use small ad, but that is something that's notable is like IKEA is trying to solve the shopping problem. It's like, hey, you don't like shopping with kids? It's cool. Put them in this daycare with a bunch of other kids, you know, and then just finish your shopping and that'll pay for itself. You know, we don't have to charge you for daycare. So I we did not use the small end when we went to IKEA, but we went with the two kids and we went there with pretty specific goals in mind. Like, hey, we need to get, you know, one of these, one of these, one of these. So we go walking through the showroom and we give the kids, you know, like, here's a ruler, you know, like one of the little paper rulers that they give you. And the kids are playing around with those. And then they end up finding like pencils, like just random pencils that people have dropped or left on places. So they start this giant collection of pencils. Oh, that's right. Because they've got they've got like the golf pencils, right? At Ikea. Mm hmm. Yeah. That you can yep, like write down. Pencils. Yeah, that's right. Well, because you have to write down the bin that your stuff is in because you have to go get it all, which is one yeah. of the reasons they save money because you get to, you know, get all yeah, your furniture, exactly. assemble you all fetch your, your furniture. Stuff. And yeah, it's great. <laughs> hey, kids, go, go, get, go get that couch off the shelf over there, would you? Daddy's got to get a throw yeah. pillow. It's aisle six, bay 47. I don't know. <laughs> Can you find aisle six, bay 47? <laughs> but, uh... So, so we're going through and the showrooms are, are hilarious for kids too, because they're basically like rooms that they should, can just go and kind of hang out in a space in. So, you know, we'd stop by one showroom and they kind of go and they play around and they'd sit down and they'd color on the little things and they'd find the dining room table or the living room table and they'd sit down and draw on the little rulers and little pads of paper with their golf pencils, maybe find another golf pencil or two. And they'd be like, all right, kids, next room. So then we just go from room showroom to showroom to showroom, you know, doing this and I I'm kind of ashamed to say that we we spent two and a half hours in IKEA, so we spent a a very long time there, and I was very very pleasantly surprised how well the kids did considering how long we were there. Um, but I also attribute that to trying to you know keep them engaged and say like, hey, what chair do you want for your desk? Or hey, what you know glasses do you want for you know. Uh, the kitchen or whatever. So all in all, Ikea is, is an interesting place to go. But then when you have to check out, when you get to the warehouse part, that was where things were like, okay, we're ready to go. That does not go well. That doesn't go well for adults. Yeah. Yeah. Because stock levels, 
right? Stock levels are a thing. Knowing if something is in stock immediately when you're looking at it in the showroom is kind of important to know. It it kind of sucks when you pick something out and then you go to the aisle that it's supposed to be in and you look in the bay and there's nothing there. And then you kind of like ponder for a little bit. Well, maybe it's, you know, up high or maybe it's not in the right place. So you look around for a little bit, come to the realization that they don't have it in stock. And then you're left with kind of like no choice but to walk out the door defeated or walk back up to a showroom and try to find something else for that space. Oh, it's so stupid. I hate it. Um, <laughs> or go online. And if you go online and try to have anything shipped from Ikea, like goodbye $30, you know? Yeah. Uh, granted, that's not a lot. And actually, I would actually pay $30 to not have to go into Ikea and do all this stuff and have it delivered to my house. It's actually pretty appealing. Well, especially because Ikea is pretty far away from you. Well, yeah, Ikea is pretty far. Also, I don't want to have to deal with, you know, walking through everything, but goes back to my whole online shopping thing. How the heck am I supposed to know how big something is without getting a ruler and, you know, using their AR app to try to like put furniture well, in my house? That's what I was about I'd to say, just, man. AR. It's I know the, it's, it's getting it's there. It's the future. It's getting there. Um, but they only have select uh, furniture that you can put in your in your space. They only have certain collections. They don't have all of their inventory available in AR. To, to view so you still have to kind of go oh well that sucks this. yeah well you know ikea get on get on that <laughs> yeah so i mean come all, on all in all my ikea trip is uneventful i didn't check my kids off at small land and we didn't get anything in the cafe see i want to know what that was like did they have them building furniture like what what do they do in small land it's like a playground it's you know when you go to the mall and they have like that that pseudo open like daycare like playground place where it's just like hey if you really wanted to be a horrible parent you could just leave your kid there for like 15 to 20 minutes and go to a store and they probably wouldn't notice they have daycares at malls no it's like the playgrounds in malls do they have that up here you would leave your kid alone there like you are a monster no, I'm saying if you were a horrible parent. I said if you were a horrible parent, you could do oh. that. Leave your kid there for 15 to 20 minutes, and the kid would probably not realize that you were gone because they're engaged in the playground activity. Um, but small end is basically like a supervised version of those. What if they're like a? What if the kid is a dick and like starts beating up on other kids? Well, that's why they have supervisors there. Uh, oh, at small land, but not at the mall playground. No. No, that's why they have those mall security robots, you know, to keep the kids from, you know. Robots? <laughs> keep the kids from fighting. That's what they're for, right? There are robots? You've seen the mall robots, right? You've never seen the mall robots? I don't go to malls. Why do you go to a mall? Yeah, so they have those, those uh like, security robots that just go around and have cameras on them. You've seen them, right? And there's the one that committed no. suicide because it, uh, I have not. it hated its job so much and went into a fountain. You've, you've never seen these things what what oh man all right so you have homework which is to just go to the the mall um what is it the, what's the big mall up there valley fair yeah, yeah yeah go go to valley fair so so go to valley fair and uh just walk around and you'll you'll see one of these robots and and you'll see they're just like these they almost look like um uh, what's that doctor who robot that they have a dalek yeah, yeah, they kind of they kind of remind me of that where they're just basically this dome on wheels. Doesn't have any arms or anything, but it's just it's a remote control thing. It just kind of tools around with cameras on it. Wait, is it autonomous or a, remote controlled? Uh, I think it's a mixture. So I think it can be controlled remotely, but I think mostly it's just on kind of like a, an automated path where it's just going and constantly taking a video feed of everything that's happening in the mall. Ugh. So. 
So I was going to say, like, if the robots get, you know, advanced enough, this is your homework, by the way, is go Valley Fair, check that out. But okay, I'm not going to a mall. Yeah, you can do it, man. Just go on a Thursday when no one else is there. Uh, is that your, uh, what is it, Sideshow Bob? Um, <laughs> yeah, Sideshow Bob with the rakes. Yeah, uh, the rakes. Yep. The one Simpsons bit I can remember. Yeah, I was about to say, you actually understood a Simpsons reference. I can't even... I I just I'm floored. I wish I could t- I wish I could tell you about Small Land, but we didn't take our kids to Small Land. But when when you look inside, because you can see inside Small Land, will they take eighteen month olds? Uh, excuse me, nineteen month olds. Well, I need you to go do that. You have the younger child. You can take them to Small Land. You didn't even know it existed. So now that you know it existed, I actually want you to take your kid. I mean, there. I, I I had somewhere in the back of my mind, I had a this concept of ikea having a like a daycare <laughs> and meatballs uh <laughs> and yeah you can't like actually i still love my uh in college i had a dvd shelf called a flark oh yeah names are hilarious too in ikea and we have a chair called a poang oh yeah so we looked at the poyang or whatever the poyang <laughs> i like i like thinking of it as like a classical guitar like a poing. <laughs> no, no, a steel guitar. A steel guitar. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Poing. Yeah, man, that was my Ikea trip. And that's what kind of spurred the whole, like, hey, let's talk about shopping because I spent two and a half hours in Ikea and made Your it through. Your kids didn't melt down. No, and I'm still married, so. You probably deserve some sort of trophy. Or they actually, more accurately, your kids deserve something. They should get a toy. <laughs> Ikea is unpronounceable names, a daycare, meatballs, and relationship breaker. That's Ikea. That's what the the I, the K, the E, and the A stand for, right? Isn't that? Yeah, we can make that, like, it. it's uh, interrelational distress, kids zone, daycare. Eat all the meatballs. Eat all the meatballs. A? Aneurysm. <laughs> Aneurysm. <laughs> sure, sure. So the chair we got is an Ekans. <laughs> no, like it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. It well, can't. I think that... there's an extra A in there, but it is. It is. Oh my an gosh! So it's not snake spelled backwards, but it's still pronounced like a Pokemon. Yeah, no, it's an Echinus. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. It's great. Like, le- like legitimately. I don't even know what, like, I don't know what to do with the space. I don't, I don't. You can store some of my stuff. I, I have some extras. No, f*** you. Stay out of my house. The, the current, my current plan is, <laughs> my current plan is to leave it as a big open space where I can dump the kids and the dog and they can just run around and destroy it and I don't care. Aren't some movies recorded at um a different different frame per second now? Different uh Oh, just the Hobbit. Oh, that's right. We're it looks like weird, right? Because things are too smooth because you've been conditioned your entire life for movies to look a certain way. <laughs> so much CGI in those movies. So much. Well, yeah, obviously. I don't know, man. They did a pretty good job making the dude look short in the first ones. Yeah, but I, there's 13 short people. It's a lot of short people. Yeah, 
and the beards are even CGI. Like I, I thought of all the things, the beards could at least be real, but no, no, they get in the way when they're doing stunts and everything. So they have to CGI them in. That's not true. Some of them have oh, their beards. Some of them did, but a lot of beards are CGI'd. I'm pretty sure I saw that on a special, special features. I couldn't tell the beards. As the resident expert on The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and New Zealand, I think you're wrong. We were in Joann's, which is a large fabric store, uh, or just kind of like a general crafts and fabric store. So we were there, and it's definitely... It's where you go to get reamed. Get re- What did you say? <laughs> did you say get reamed? No, of course I said reams. Uh, <clears throat> reams of you fabric. Did not. Yes, yes, you did. Uh-huh. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, we can be reached on Twitter or Facebook at Casual Dadcast, or send us an email by clicking the link in the show notes. If you like the episode, please share it with someone you know. We'd really appreciate it. Excuse me, Joanne's person. Where's my dad?